Listen up, all marketing school fam. I know you have so many ideas in the head of yours, yet struggling to find the time and accountability you need to make marketing work smarter for you. Which is why I want to remind you of our All Access Pass and All Marketing School course library. Think of it as your treasure trove. Pack with our self-paced masterclasses and workshops, tactics and templates, specifically created for marketers like you who aim to channel their superpowers for good. But hey, what's even more exciting is that you're not just getting courses, you're stepping into a whole new world. It's a place where you're surrounded by your passionate community of marketing rebels, which are kind of like your cheerleading squad. Let's be honest, marketing can be a complex puzzle, but we're here to eliminate the guesswork. We're offering you tried and tested tactics to sharpen your strategy. Depending on the plan you choose, you can look forward to full access to our self-paced courses, project submission and feedback opportunities, our expert workshop library, as well as monthly upskilling series and weekly tactics that will really help you stay updated and get accountability when it comes to actually making some progress in your work. We also have monthly office hours, workshops, expert panels, and sprints. So you will be able to access our whole template vault with ready-to-use Notion, Canva, and Google templates, making your life easier. Oh, and did I mention our swipe files and the community matchups? Oh, and the quarterly live deep dives, which are actually valued at £247, but they're included for you and your membership. Well, all this knowledge, community, and more is just a click away. If you want to join us, simply head to amschool.click slash library. That's amschool.click slash library. On with our episode. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly. Empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. But yeah, we we are officially live, and I think we were distracted by me running to show Becca some Lotus Biscoff ice cream on 9am on a Friday morning. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I need it now. This is how I want to start every Friday with that ice cream. <laughs> Which, oh my, can you imagine, guys, the sugar rush on a, on a, <clears throat> a 9 a.m., excuse me. That would be absolutely hilarious. How would you describe Biscoff for anybody who's listening, who's like, where the hell am I, have I gotten into? But also they were like, what is Biscoff anyway? How would you describe it? Because I'm relatively new to it, because it's, it's not an Italian thing. Biscoff, it's like melt in your mouth sugary sweetness isn't it it's just it's just biscoff like it just is biscoff <laughs> i love do you ever dunk it in tea or coffee do you do you dip or do you just keep it dry right. oh very important and that's another very important thing guys again just just to get to know us a bit better see like biscoff chats um i always dunk in my I usually have oat milk, which is not the same, but, you know, I have oat milk and I have had for like 10 years. I always dunk my cookies or biscuits into your coffee or well, milk because that's what Italians do. It's really weird, but that's how we would have breakfast way back in the day. So always, always, that's that's the, that's the test for me. I love that. I, I, I join you in that. 
you've got to dunk it. It just it just levels up the whole experience. It's so good. I want one now. After this, I'm going to go have to raid the cupboard and see if I've got any because I want some. <laughs> what have I done? Well, guys, let us know if, if when you're listening to this. I want to know if you are Team Biscoff or no Team like Dunking, Dunking Biscoff or not Dunking Biscoff. I want to know if you're Team Dunk, Team Dunk or not. Anyway, after this very, very random segue, which was a, a lovely beginning segue, I'm actually bringing up from our newsletter, make sure you subscribe, little reminder, the news of the week. And I'm going to let you start because usually I start with a highlight, but I think so much has happened or so much is testing as well that I definitely have got a lot. So I would love to hear what jumped out at you first, Becca, and then we'll kind of take it from there. But just to warn everybody, this might become a really meaty, meaty session because I found so many things this week. There are so many things, aren't there? I think we should start with Pinterest and their new goodbye story pin, hello idea pins. I love this idea, I'm very excited about it. And finally, a platform has taken the story format and done something slightly different to it. I think this is like a hybrid of stories that we're all familiar with. But I just love this. I think it's so great. And actually it makes a lot of sense on Pinterest to have some way to have a mixture of videos, stickers, like all the things that we're kind of used to, but they don't disappear. You can intersperse them with your other content. I think the way that they're presented within Pinterest is really like creative and just works. It doesn't feel as kind of, oh yeah, we should have stories. So we're just gonna cram it into the app feels a bit more strategic and actually like it's the right format for Pinterest. What do you think? Did you, I assume you're hyped about this as well. Uh, well, first of all, we all know that I, I really do love Pinterest and I think it's very underrated as a platform, but I am literally with you because not just for the fact that story pins, when I saw they were coming as story pins, I was kind of like, yeah, cool. A bit of shrug, shrug. Yeah, it's nice. But then I, now that they explain why, again, idea pins and how it's changed and just say how we actually adapt into the platform, it shows that instead of, again, going and saying, we're going to do exactly what Instagram did, uh, but in a new platform, it's a bit like LinkedIn stories. That to me is probably the example of something that hasn't worked personally. Um, so I found it really interesting and they just said, we're going to stop because it came out a bit kind of testing and then it disappeared nobody was talking about them anymore I was like, okay and then they came out uh, this week saying yeah yeah we're back but this is what they're called so I really find it interesting I'm actually gonna add to that because I want to hear your opinion as well what's been interesting as well is that one of the reasons behind this rebrand is almost like a rebrand of the of the feature is also because hear me out Pinterest allegedly uh, there's a link in the newsletter as well for the article uh, admits they want to be distancing themselves from being seen as a social network and being seen, oh, she saw it, I see, she, she, she's nodding. And they want to be more associated, I guess, with e-commerce and e-commerce businesses. And I found it really, really interesting. Yeah, I think this is a nice kind of direction that they're taking rather than, as we've said, like, being a clone of all of the other features of the other platforms like oh we'll just add this one because that's what everyone else is doing and then you lose its purpose and it becomes just almost a chore like oh okay well gotta get, guess i better be there 
So them having that direction, I think is key. And I think some of the ways people have been producing content in the last sort of year with this rise in short form video, demonstrating, you know, product stuff, especially some of the user generated content um, videos I've seen done very, very, you know, they're done in a very clever way, a very creative way. That combined with Pinterest's new kind of, oh, we want to focus on e-commerce and stuff. I'm like, of course, like, this is perfect because people have shown now that you can make that kind of stuff really creative, really interesting, and it works. And so why wouldn't they want to kind of make that their niche? Um, I'm very excited about it. I don't know if you can tell Pinterest. I love Pinterest. I agree with you as well. People overlook it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you overlooking it? It's so powerful. I think it's the simplicity within it. I remember we were talking about way back when, before we actually turned this into the podcast, we we're talking about Facebook's side app. Uh, they had this kind of like 90s or two, 2000 kind of vibe. Yeah, I remember that. What was it called again, Becca? I think it's called Egg, I think. <laughs> again, it's, it's gone-ish, but I remember you talked about it. And it just made sense because that the feed experience that you have on Pinterest, to me, is just so different. I'm going to ask you now your thoughts because then there's um, there's two more pieces of news that almost piggyback on what you said and obviously this idea of story or sorry ooh, idea pins got it wrong already <laughs> which are first bit of news uh, on top of this is that Pinterest is doing an event and by the way every single social platform is now doing an event anyway we'll talk about the others in a second but Pinterest is doing one with live streaming within the app okay and that's very interesting. And then, you know, talking about this e-commerce element, and it's kind of serendipitous, if you want to use this magical word, that Pinterest is doing that. And at the same time, Facebook just announced live streaming Shopping Fridays. I think they call it live Shopping Fridays, right? Which, again, I find really interesting, and I want to hear your opinion, because I feel that we, you know, there's something in there. Somebody got, you know, inspired by somebody else, I think, in the process, but can I just say is a random note, what I love about the idea of the shopping Fridays on Facebook, it just reminds me of telemarketing, is it telemarketing, is that what you call in this country as well, that you would watch on telly and you would watch people shout to be like, you want this washing machine? It doesn't. I'm also going to give you a set of towels. And I'm like, is this really what I want? Is this really what I need? But I found it really interesting. Anyway, side note to the telemarketers. Overall, I don't think there's coincidences coming up with live streaming on Pinterest first and then also this kind of little Facebook shopping Fridays. I don't know what you think. It's very interesting. I think the live streaming element, there definitely is this sort of trend to have that capability. And also, as you say, platforms doing events all of a sudden, it feels like, oh yeah, you know. Is it some effort, I wonder, to make the platforms feel more accessible or closer to creators perhaps and open that like you know relationship but are they really or are they just kind of being like yeah come along and watch and whatever i feel like i'm a bit um pessimistic on that side of things but in terms of the e-commerce stuff as well i do think yeah who came up with it first not quite sure but i know tiktok have been um running some tests as well i think with having products within their tiktoks and like actually being able to link to stuff as well so i think that um the platforms are cottoning onto it 
I completely agree. When I saw Facebook announcing the, uh, now I don't even want to call it telemarketing thing. I can't remember the name, <laughs> but I thought it was exactly as you said. It's like watching one of those channels and I, I even- yeah, Shopping Fridays, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's it. Oh man, I was thinking about like, um, you know the channel, have you seen QVC? Okay, so it's one in the UK. I just remember like my mum watching it when I was little and they'd be like, oh yeah, get this frying pan or something. And <laughs> I went as far as thinking, oh wow. So I wonder if they're planning to like, you know, use Facebook now and will it be the same as the TV one or will they make it look very obviously like this is specifically for Facebook went down this wormhole in my head of like planning their social strategy um and I was like Becca calm down that's not what you're here to do right now <laughs> um, but I just think it's really it yeah I question point don't know if this is a question or point we'll see what it turns into but with Facebook I think some people might really enjoy it because they like watching the equivalent on television so it's like okay maybe but with pinterest i think they might have the upper edge because when you're looking for um let's go with a frying pan you might go on um, pinterest for like kitchen ideas or best frying pans and you know you kind of go there for your inspiration and then if you can you know continue the journey through there makes sense if you're looking for something on Facebook, I don't know if you'd kind of go in with the same intent. You might go on Marketplace for things maybe not like frying pans. Um, <laughs> maybe like furniture that would lend itself better to. But yeah, I, I don't know if Facebook are gonna actually get like the success they want from it or whether it'll be one of these features that in six months will go, do you remember when they had that and now it's just disappeared into thin air? <laughs> Well, there's my, uh, my friend Chloe from Platform Called Tailwind always says, uh, you know, people won't remember. That's the funny thing. You know, you, you're worried about trying something people genuinely won't remember. And it's not even about you. It's just they want. My So first of all, the good thing about them live shopping Fridays is that it lasts until July the 16th. And then after that, they're going to stop it. So we're going to do like a, a roundup of it. However, so... Again, I think it's just our nostalgia. And by the way, the reason why I said like shouting people is because probably the channel that you mentioned in the UK, people were kind of explaining things. In Italy, it wasn't. In Italy, it was literally a shouting match between this guy and probably the camera. Uh, just to tell you how awesome it would be to buy, you know, an extra pair of towels as you were getting your washing machine. So again, but I think this is what we have in our heads and what it would look like. From what I'm remembering reading already, it's probably going to be more like the, I think, I know that it's going to spotlight beauty and fashion brands. So mainly, so I'm kind of wondering where the Facebook is going to go down the road of almost spotlighting the businesses and all the business owners and all the teams talking about their products, just as a way to almost bridge that gap. And so to me, I love what you mentioned that because I think Pinterest is more consumer focused, so it's kind of to help the consumer make decisions. Whereas I'm thinking Facebook might still be trying in a very roundabout way to almost remind businesses that they can be on Facebook and they can actually talk to their audience, which, I mean, I hate to break it to Facebook. I think that ship is kind of very fast sailing, but I think that's what they're trying to do because of the way they presented the live shopping Fridays. I mean, I would have loved if they did it by telemarketing by because it would have been kind of funny, if anything. 
But I think they're looking more into almost making it business first, if that makes sense. That's kind of what I what I've seen anyway. That makes a lot of sense, actually. And I think it could well be that they want to tell businesses like you can still be here. We promise, you know, there's still a place for you. But um, really, I know like lots of people now, if they're starting out, obviously, this doesn't apply to brands that are you know, very well established and maybe have got a big audience from Facebook from, you know, years ago, like they've maintained that. But now I know a lot of people will just create a Facebook page purely so they can connect their Instagram to it. And then they're like, yeah, not really bothered about focusing on it. Just want to have like it as a placeholder, essentially. So maybe this will work. Maybe we'll see. But I think they've got a bit of a challenge on their hands. That's for sure. I agree. I agree. I think we talked about it multiple times and I I believe you hit the nail on the head. It's there and people will set up the Facebook page because they need it for a lot of other things. But And I think it's a clever way that Facebook wants still to get people to keep hold of Facebook because of the data. It's actually really interesting, by the way. So segueing now into another bit of, it's more like a report, which again is in the newsletter as well, which is uh, from Sprout Social, I think. Yeah, it must be for Sprout Social, uh, about the best times to post in 2021 based on the 2020. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, no, you haven't seen it. Kind of report of like 20,000 plus customers. So kind of seeing what basically people would post and the reactions and the engagement they would get. And is if anything, it's interesting to read, not just to figure out the best times to post, because I still am a massive believer that it is also related to your audience. You know what I mean? We feel like, yeah, well, that's when we should be posting. I'm like, yeah, but if your brand, your business, your audience is not online at that time, then you should do it because somebody says it. However, there's some really interesting data also around the usage. Like, for example, how Instagram, excuse me, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on today, has spiked up in um, usage in 2020. And somehow, that's what I'm more surprised about, Facebook is still one of the apps which has a lot of users and a lot of users active. And I'm just a bit like, I get it. Users are still there because we don't delete our accounts, let's be honest. Mine is is very much asleep. But but I'm still kind of wondering, when, when do people use it? How? Is it just the marketplace, literally, and groups? I don't know. That's kind of what I was wondering about. I think groups, definitely. I mean, I'm quite bad for it. I'm in a few really good groups, but I don't, I'm, I'm bad at checking them regularly because it, it involves going onto Facebook and I'm like, oh, but then I remember and I'm like, oh, this actually, like this, this group is great, but this group in a way almost doesn't have to exist through Facebook. Uh, I think, I wonder if those numbers would include people who use Messenger, because I know a lot of people still like to message through there. And the other thing I was going to say was events. I feel like people use it for events sometimes as well, and marketplace actually. Um, but events, I know. Oh, this happened recently. I somebody had invited me to an event. It wasn't like you know anything crazy. And then um, they were like, "Oh, did you see it?" And I was like, "Did I see what? What did I see?" And they were like, "The event on Facebook." And I was like, "People still do that." <laughs> I don't that's not what I think of now when I think of like you know events I don't I don't think I must I must check Facebook today just in case so I don't know I think I wonder if Facebook really you know they need to have a look at their users and 
on, there's two different you know things on the one hand it's great that there are all these different ways to use it and it's going to boost their numbers in reports like this because it's like oh yeah we've still got so many active users because people are going on marketplace um not looking for frying pans um that would be maybe a little bit weird but then it's also like that's confusing from a user perspective as well because there are so many things and you're like well i really like marketplace but i could you know really take it or leave it the rest of facebook you know so yeah mm, mm. interesting though about i completely agree the time of day relating to your audience and if they're actually online i think that's a very important point i always get a bit worried when people are like you should post up for example like 11 30 a.m on a tuesday i'm like mm, why why does that relate to my audience specifically like you can never you know more research required no i, I agree and I appreciate that is a bit of sense of security and all. I think it's different, especially if it's not your brand and or if you're working with clients, some marketers. And I appreciate that. You might say, well, this is the data, so let's try and go with it just to give them a sense of reassurance. But then again, if you want to go with what actually would work best, which, as you say, is just what it is, then probably it's not as reassuring. It's like, well, if your audience is alive at that time, even if it's weird ass, we're going to go with it. And, uh, and some people might be like, oh, okay. So that's, I think is also an element of actually saying, well, look, these are your analytics. That's what they say. There's a reason they say it. And you'll be surprised of when I work a lot with personal brands as well as startups and how many people really don't check their analytics regularly. And it's almost like what you said about Facebook and their, and their users, I think is also, I was thinking about the fact that us as marketers and just like yourself not realizing that we were invited to an event. I personally don't go on Facebook because I'm on social a lot for the different things that I do. And from a personal level, if I am maybe doing a bit of kind of healthy stalking or checking out on people, I probably will do an Instagram anyway. And I genuinely couldn't give two toffees about what's going on on Facebook. So I think us as marketers also behave slightly differently. I don't know, maybe that's it. Maybe like some people, as you say, maybe still use some specific things on Facebook, like to remind them of special events or to check in on things. But I think it's so so much different right now. And for us, as well as marketers, I think we just prioritization is becoming a lot more key for us. Again, I don't know if you agree with me, but I personally, that's what I do. I'm very selective with the time that I spend on social if it's not work. And I know that maybe TikTok for you is like the corporate where you kind of like lose sense of time. Oh dear, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the time I spend on social media is, let's not talk about that. Let's, let's brush over that. TikTok is, is TikTok is, a, I spent, okay. It's been a long time on TikTok, but I come away from TikTok usually feeling the best. It is apps like Instagram and recently actually Twitter, which make me feel a little bit funny, but I'm working on that. But I do think you're right as marketers, maybe we're almost because we're keeping up to date, we're making a conscious effort to on what other platforms doing, where are they looking to be in the next six months if we're almost working kind of six months ahead of everyone else. So as like platforms fade away, um, we're kind of like proactively, okay, well, we need to pivot then. And so on a personal level, that means that Facebook, yeah, has basically just disappeared out of our kind of train of thought. And I agree as well. If I was going to look anyone up, I would go on Instagram first and have a little scroll through there. I was thinking as well, when I go onto Facebook, 
actually in my day to day, I'm technically on Facebook a long time, but it's like in the ads manager. I'm just like using it to get to there rather than scrolling through my newsfeed or anything like, um, which is interesting. I wonder how often or for how long my little, you know, little green dot that's next to my name is probably on all the time. People think, wow, Becca, get off Facebook. Not just scrolling, I'm doing things that are important. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think maybe it is because we're marketers, we've got that slightly different viewpoint. It'd be quite nice to protect, like just to take that away for a day and experience it as not a marketer. <laughs> no, it does change. Uh, I think it does. It does change. And I love what you said there because we don't realize it, but you're we're always looking forward anyway, because we're putting the effort and the time we want to put into things that we think can work for us or our clients or whoever we're working with. So I do understand that myself. Now, I want to go back to Twitter super quickly and ask you a quick fire question about something Twitter is testing recently, which you might have seen. But would you pay $2.99 a month? On tw- <laughs> She's already catching her breath. She's already preparing for it. Uh, on Twitter to access X amount of extra features. By the way, you can see when I say extra feature, there's a massive question mark already forming around my head of like, what's that? So my question is something that I actually paused also in the newsletter is, would you pay for something that was free before that adds a couple of extra things that probably are more content as a subscription? I think we go back to the Spotify conversation, <clears throat> the Apple podcast, you know, I think because podcasts are not as regular and especially if you're just choosing one specific podcast, you know, it is still more content you have to digest. But again, I will understand that. It's always a case of potato, potato. God knows what works. But for Twitter, I just find that, then I'll let you talk. We went from super followers, tip jars, page spaces, and now testing a subscription model. Is Twitter just trying to figure out to make money from the platform? Is that what I'm trying to understand? Because that's what I've felt in the past six weeks. Yes, basically, yes. <laughs> they, it does seem like a trend now, doesn't it? Like all of their latest update, like they've done so many this year, which we've talked about a lot. But the last, like, yeah, few have all been in some way centered around making money, whether that be directly to the creator or now this subscription model. And I think it's very interesting. She says, what is interesting, positive or negative? I think, again, tying back into actually, like from our marketing perspective, you know, we're actively keeping up with it so we can kind of, it makes sense to us, kind of. But I just think it's all a bit confusing as well, especially from just, you know, your regular Twitter user what are you supposed to do? Okay, should I be a super follower of a creator? Or should I tip them? Are you supposed to do both? If I do the subscription model, if it rolls out? Do I drop the other two? Do we do all three? I don't think it's clear. They've not made it clear enough the difference between and why you would do one over the other at this stage anyway. And as for paying for something that we've previously been used to having free, Okay, sure, there might be another couple of features. I don't know. It's that thing. It's like, if, like on a personal level, I spend enough time on Twitter that it would probably be like nice for me. It would be a nice experience if I did do it. But then I'm like, well, 
is that going to make me feel obliged to spend even more time <laughs> on the platform? It's like, well, Becca, you're paying for this, so you better scroll for at least an hour a day to make most of it. You know, I don't, it's, it's complicated. I don't know. I do think they're just trying to make money though. Yeah, basically. That's my, cliche, by the way, I'm not, I'm not going to spit on that because I think the other platforms, you can see the different avenues they have and some of them are stronger. My, my, my other thought is, and, and then I can, I'm going to leave it like that on Twitter because I think it's going to be interesting to see what they go for because I don't believe they're going to go for all the different monetization options. I think there, there probably will be some choice and kind of some, some discerning with that. But I'm thinking people that would potentially pay for a lot of these features, we're going back to the marketer conversation, a lot of the super users, if you want to call them that way, on Twitter, to me, maybe it's because of who I follow, but to me, a lot of the super users are other the journalists, which I don't think then they would need any extras, or realistically speaking, on the marketers, because Twitter is so easy to get, you know, in touch with some of the local news as well, and the news in general, it has that news feed kind of element, but also for marketers, it's such a great way to kind of see what's coming up, checking new things. So marketers and writers, and I know the writers wouldn't necessarily take the next step and pay for it. And I think marketers is, it becomes almost too much of a snake that eats his own tail almost. And that's kind of how I see it. So I think it's going to be really interesting, but I see that the audience of super loyal followers, not followers, users, is a bit more limited than other platforms that might have, let's say the businesses, the individuals, even LinkedIn has got the professionals and the companies. You can actually find that a bit more dynamic. I don't know if I'm making sense from rambling right now. No, I think you are. I think you are. And I think that's another thing, you know, they've been talking about updates as well to profiles. And I think they've got like a new about tab in the works. Um, I don't know if that's just like at con concept stage or if that's rolled out anyway yet, but it is a little bit, you know, they're making all, they're doing the right things. It's just, are they doing it in the right order? Are they doing maybe too much at once? We're so used to having, you know, Twitter being very much a place that you can go to, you know, what to expect. It's not like when you go on Facebook, and again, maybe this is a marketer thing, but there's kind of this ongoing joke of like, oh, every time you go in Facebook, it's changed. You've got to relearn it every time. Instagram with their new formats and all the tabs and the different layout. Twitter has been the platform which has been consistent. You know what you're going to get if you go on there. And now with all the updates, although it's really positive because it shows that, you know, they believe in the platform, it seems like it's got a future. So if you're investing time there, it's kind of like it, it's going to be valuable to you and your audience. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. You know, we could just space it out a little bit so that both from an audience perspective, marketing perspective, and also from Twitter's own perspective, they know like what they're doing and it's clear the intent of all these choices that they're making and features and different payment options. At the moment, it's a bit like, wow, what are you doing? What What's your biggest priority? Like, it's really hard for us, like little marketers slash users of Twitter to understand, you know? It's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting time. I see it as is Twitter is literally, is, as you say, it's almost like in their madness, Instagram and Facebook are quite consistent. We're just going to release new stuff. Just going to be new formats here to get used to. We're just going <clears> to <throat> copy somebody else's stuff and then do it ourselves. That's fine. That's how we roll. And Twitter has just got, like, it's almost like they woke up from this little, like, it's a bird, right? This little slumber and the bird was like, oh, shizzle. 
everybody's doing all these cool things and we don't even know what we're doing. And so they're going into this frenzy. And I don't know, I think we, I talk a lot about creator economy for a reason, because that's what obviously with creative impact, we talk to the creatives and the experts and a lot of them are creators. And I really see from the chat that we had today, I believe that more social platforms are basically opening up to cater for the creators a bit more, pretty much all of them, like as public figures and influencers, so to speak. And then all of them are also, maybe Twitter a bit less, or at least I'm confused about it, but catering a lot more for like e-commerce and commerce. I find it so interesting. Pretty much everyone is doing it in their own way, almost as a way to kind of cater to the businesses. So it's interesting because it's great to focus on the creators and the, and the businesses, but then the users are the ones that are going to drive that custom and are driving that interest. And if we make it confusing or overwhelming for the users, then are we really winning? Look how deep I went right at the end. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think there needs to be, don't, I don't quite know how, apart from saying slow down, which I, I feel like they're not going to, but there needs to be a little bit more of a clear kind of pathway going forward so that everyone understands. And also how, like, as you say, creators know how to plan and how much time and effort. I feel like sometimes from a like, creative perspective, Twitter can be overlooked a little bit because it's, I guess it's less visual. So you can't, or maybe in the past, haven't been able to say, repurpose content in the same way, what kind of thing. It's not where you think of. Um, and now maybe this is a time where you can think of it as one of your primary channels. But before that happens, I think, yeah, people need to know what's in it for them. What's the next six months gonna look like? And it be clear because at the moment it's, it's a little bit it's not clear it's not clear it's not clear that's what i think to be continued that's <laughs> what i say that's what i say well thank you so much again for joining us this week just as a reminder if you're listening um and also to break it to back i guess in a way but uh, we are gonna slow down slightly on the interviews just to allow me to actually plan the next stages of this thing which right now has been an excellent i'm not even gonna call it hobby and an, an excellent side project but we need to kind of get going with the big master plans so probably about twice a month interviews and then our little weekly roundup of chats because that's fun and I think it's a bit it's just a bit different so guys just just for you to know that's kind of what we're looking at but again thank you for joining us today uh we'll obviously we'll be back next week if you have any questions or things you can find us at Alt Marketing School make sure you check out the newsletter altmarketingschool.com slash join and obviously share the love with us if you have any thoughts on what we talked about i'm at fab giovanetti or any social account becca i'm at becca social on all of the platforms come say hi thank you so much for listening head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class if you want to make your teachers happy then hop onto itunes and leave us a five-star review oh and don't forget to spread the love on instagram at oldmarketingschool until next time